Today we will study an important responsibility of the Christian. I perhaps shouldn't put it that way for uh, I don't think there is any unimportant responsibility that a Christian has. But what I am trying to communicate is today's lesson centered around Ephesians 5 verses 18 through 21 is so vital. And all of us need to be diligent in paying attention to this responsibility and then in living it out. The responsibility which we will study this morning is the fourth of four that Paul mentions in Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 21. The first three are live a life of love, live as children of light, and be wise. This morning, we will look at be filled with the Spirit. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. We will read the verses of Ephesians 5, which talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we will consider, with help from these verses, these four points about our responsibility. What is the meaning of be filled with the Spirit? What are some differences between being filled with the Spirit and getting drunk on wine? What are some benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit? And how, how can one be filled with the Spirit? Well, let's read again Ephesians 5, verses 18 through 21. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have been reminded today of how we need you in everything, all the time. And so, Heavenly Father, we ask you to take care of this time 
of uh, preaching, listening, responding for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Be filled with the Spirit. First of all, what is the meaning of this responsibility? To be filled with the Spirit simply means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. It means to be yielded to the Holy Spirit so that he is in charge of our life, uh, of our thoughts, of our attitudes, of our feelings, of our words, of our actions. To be filled with the Spirit, as Paul uses it here in Ephesians 5, does not mean to receive the Holy Spirit. We as Christians received the Holy Spirit when we believed in the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It, it doesn't mean to receive the Holy Spirit, nor does it mean to get more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some fluid or some kind of a substance that one can get more of. He's a person. You either have him, all of him, or you don't have him, none of him. The filling of the Holy Spirit, once again, is the Holy Spirit being in charge of our life. It's the Holy Spirit whom we already have being the guide, being the empowerer of our daily living. Let me put it this way. It's not getting the Spirit or more of the Spirit. It is rather the Holy Spirit getting us to control us. That this explanation of this Christian responsibility is correct. Let me give you two evidences for this. Number one, other places in Scripture back up this understanding of the word fill. For instance, in Luke 4, verse 28, we read that after our Lord Jesus had spoken certain words in the synagogue at Nazareth, quote, all the people in the synagogue were filled with wrath, meaning they were controlled by anger. And we go on to read, for that reason, they tried to kill Jesus. Also, in Acts chapter 13, verse 45, we see that the Jews were filled with envy, meaning the Jews were controlled by jealousy, and so they opposed the ministry of Paul and Barnabas. A commentator has written, in the Bible, 
Filled means controlled by. To be filled with the Spirit means to be controlled by the Spirit in our mind, heart, and will. But number two, I believe this explanation is correct because of the phrase, do not get drunk on wine, which precedes be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5.18. When Paul says, do not get drunk on wine, he is talking about not letting artificial substances like alcohol control us. He is commanding us to not let the false stimulants of the world, which are really depressants, be in charge of our life. Have you ever seen a person who is drunk on something? We say that person is under the influence of that something. Paul again says, we are not to be under the influence of such a thing. Instead, he says, we are rather to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Our life is to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. We are not to let anything other than God be in charge of our life. To be filled means to be yielded to and led by the Holy Spirit. In finishing up this first point of ours, let me ask you, have you ever thought that one of your responsibilities as a Christian is to have the Holy Spirit control you? Did you ever think that it's your responsibility to be yielded to and daily led by the Holy Spirit of God? Whatever your response to that question is, let me say, it is. <laughs> and just so you won't be tempted to ignore this truth, let me mention that be filled with the Spirit is in the imperative mood. In other words, when Paul wrote these words, he did not write them as a suggestion, but as an authoritative command of God. Furthermore, be filled with the Spirit is in the plural form, meaning it is addressed to the whole Christian community. All of us are to be spirit-filled. Be filled then with the spirit, not a suggestion, a command of God. A few moments ago, I mentioned a similarity between being filled with the spirit and getting drunk on wine. They both involve taking control of a person. For our second point today, I would like to mention a couple of differences 
between the two because our text of Ephesians 5 implies that there are differences between the two and because by so doing, hopefully you will be more encouraged to fulfill your wonderful responsibility to be daily filled with the Holy Spirit. The first difference then that I would like to call to your attention is when one is filled with the Spirit, that one experiences a controlled life, meaning now a self-controlled life, an orderly life. Whereas when one is drunk on something, that one has lost control of himself. We said that both the spirit-filled person and the wine-soaked person are controlled by something else. The spirit-filled person, however, does not lose control of himself when the Holy Spirit takes over his life. On the contrary, Paul tells us in Galatians 5 that an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Listen to Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we do not lose control of our self. We rather gain it. The control of the Holy Spirit enables us to gain control of our thoughts, of our speech, of our behavior, of our desires, of our judgments. We are now able to go on and be the people God wants us to be. The drunkard's condition, however, is the reverse. The wine or whatever it is which controls that person, drugs, money, popularity, power, possessions, causes that person to lose control of himself. That person is now in a state of disorder and disarray. He does not have control of his thoughts, speech, behavior, desires, judgments. He's not able to go on and be the person God wants him to be. Everything that makes a person behave at his very best and highest, that one has forfeited. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. The word debauchery means wild, uncontrolled actions. It means un. Restrained living, recklessness, it has to do with dehumanizing oneself. When one is filled with the Spirit, 
that one experiences a controlled life. The drunkard does not. My friends, are not God's commands wise and good and healthy and best? He tells us to be filled with the Spirit, not to be mean to us, not to hurt us somehow, not to dehumanize us. No, those are things we will bring on ourselves, left to ourselves. He rather tells us to come under the influence, the control of the Holy Spirit in order to bless us, fulfill us, enable us to behave at our very best and highest. The second difference between the filling of the Spirit and drunkenness is the filling of the Spirit brings on a productive life, whereas drunkenness brings on a wasteful life. When a person is regularly under the influence of, we'll say, alcohol, that person goes on to squander his life. To be specific, he goes on to squander his time. He goes on to squander his energy. He goes on to squander his wealth. He goes on to squander his morality. The word that Paul uses for debauchery in Ephesians 5.18 is derived from a word that means one given up to a destructive course of life. Paul then is also telling us that drunkenness leads ultimately to destruction, the destruction of one's life. I've mentioned a number of times in the past how when I was in college, I would go into Boston and, and minister at rescue missions. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, Friday evening, a group of us students would go in. And, and again, we would, we would minister, and we probably at these missions ministered to hundreds of men who were down and out. Two phrases would describe the men. Wasted life, destroyed life. I still remember, even though it was many years ago, talking to one of the men and having him tell me that because of his drunkenness, his commitment to drinking, he went on to lose his job, he went on to lose his marriage, he went on to lose his family, he went on to 
lose his finances. He went on to lose a place where he could call home. That's what drunkenness does. But the spirit-filled life, on the other hand, is the opposite of that. When a person is under the influence of the Holy Spirit, that person is always gaining something, uh, learning something good, doing something good, growing in the Lord, growing in the grace and knowledge of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Old Testament says about the godly life, meaning the spirit-filled life, that it's a life which maketh rich. I, I love that expression. The one who is under the Holy Spirit, that one experiences a life which maketh rich, rich in every aspect. It introduces us to the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. So, won't you take this duty of yours to heart? Won't you make it a point to present yourself daily unto God as a living sacrifice, to daily yield yourself to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit may control you for the glory of God and your deep, rich blessing. To encourage you even further in being filled with the Holy Spirit. Our third point this morning is taken from verses 19 through 21 of Ephesians 5. There, Paul lists for us several additional beneficial results for the person who lovingly obeys God and is filled with the Spirit. Four additional results, to be exact. Let's briefly notice each one. First, in the opening part of verse 19, Paul tells us that fellowship is a result of being spirit-controlled. Fellowship, deep fellowship, friendship with other believers in Jesus Christ. Look at the words. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. The reference is to Christian fellowship. Speak to one another. The mention of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs indicates that the context is public worship. Whenever spirit-filled Christians assemble, they love to sing both to God and to each other. Fellowship. I think it's safe to say that being controlled by the Spirit not only prompts fellowship in the context of worship, though, but also at all times among believers. Christians who are filled with the Spirit enjoy 
being together and ministering to each other at all times. Fellowship, friendship. Second, being spirit-filled results in worship. Spirit-controlled Christians joyfully worship and serve their great God. The end of verse 19. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. The believer who is filled with the Spirit experiences a joy that he's not afraid to express to the glory of God. Without doubt, spirit-filled Christians have a song in their hearts to their God. And spirit-filled public worship is a joyful celebration to the glory of God. Third, the Holy Spirit produces gratitude in the spirit-controlled person. The spirit-controlled person is continually full of thanksgiving. Instead of complaining and murmuring, I've recently read through the Old Testament story of the Israelites leaving Egypt and going towards the promised land. And one of the uh, themes of that story is Israel complaining, complaining, murmuring, murmuring. They needed, they needed the Lord God in their hearts, first of all, and then they needed to be controlled by the Lord God. Are you a complainer? Are you a person who is known more for complaining Murmuring than for being thankful, it's a spiritual issue. And the spiritual issue is, if you're a believer, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to control you. Verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Deep fellowship, joyful worship, continual thanksgiving, and then fourth, submission. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Sometimes a Christian becomes aggressive, self-assertive, brash in his or her dealings with others. She throws her weight around. You know what I mean? But because the Holy Spirit is a humble spirit, those whom he controls go on to be humble and gentle in their relations. They do nothing, Philippians 2, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than themselves. They have affection for one another. There's a willingness to cooperate with others. 
The Holy Spirit enables the spirit-filled Christian to subject himself to others. Let me ask, do these characteristics appeal to you? I hope they do. It's a beautiful, beautiful person who has them, and God is greatly glorified through them. But let me ask, would you like to have deep friendships? Be full of joy towards God. Be a thankful person. Be humble in your dealings with others. There is only one way that these characteristics truly come about. They are the spiritual fruit of the control of the Holy Spirit in one's life. They are produced in those who lovingly obey God and are controlled by the Spirit. Oh, you can fake it. You can fake the idea of fellowship and worship and gratitude and submission. You can fake it, but eventually it will be clear that you have been faking it. Eventually it will be shown for that. But the one who is filled under the control of the Holy Spirit has fellowship and worship and gratitude and submission. Our last point this morning is, of course, most important, and that is how can one be filled with the Spirit? There is no technique to learn in order to be filled. There is no formula to follow. Be filled with the Spirit is in the passive voice, meaning we are simply to let the Holy Spirit who is in us control us. What is essential is a penitent turning from what grieves the Holy Spirit and a believing trust for him to control us. Let me say that again. What is essential is a penitent turning from what grieves the Holy Spirit and a believing trust for him to control us. Let me put it this way. We let nothing hinder him from filling us. If there's known sin in our lives, sin that we refuse to properly deal with, then that will grieve the Holy Spirit of God and that will stop him from leading us and empowering us. David said in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. It's also correct to say, if I regard iniquity in my life, the Holy Spirit will not lead and empower me. 
We need to daily, penitently turn from what grieves the Holy Spirit and ask and trust that he will control us. Every day, we turn from our sins. We submit our life to the Lord God. We ask and trust for the Holy Spirit to lead us and empower us. Years ago, I was reading something that my good friend Warren Wiersbe wrote, and it has impacted me ever since. Years ago, I read it, but it has stayed with me through the years. And he said that when he would have his devotions at the start of each day, during his time of devotions, he would cleanse himself from his sins by asking the Lord for forgiveness. He would surrender himself afresh to the Lord God, and he would ask and trust in the Holy Spirit to lead him and take him through that day. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I ask, will you take your responsibility seriously and be filled with the Holy Spirit? Will you, will you get serious about your relationship with God and obey his wise, loving command to be filled with the Spirit? If you will, then at some point today, privately, go to the Lord and repent and yield and trust that the Holy Spirit will guide you. In fact, every day, every day, confess, surrender, and in faith, ask for the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit. I say every day, for the fullness of the Spirit is not a once-for-all experience which we can never lose. Oh, some of us have had it, and we've gone on to lose it. No, it's a blessing to be renewed every single day. Day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for saving us in your Son, the Lord Jesus, and thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit who is to lead us and empower us for your glory and our good. Oh, Heavenly Father, we ask that uh, this message will stay with us day after day, week after week, year after year, and that we will fulfill this wise and good responsibility, that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit.
Heavenly Father, give us the desire to walk in the Spirit, to follow the Spirit, and please work in our lives so that we are filled with the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.